I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You're listening to Text Message, the UK-focused technology podcast with me, Nate Langson. And me, Ian Morris. And if you're one of our Patreon supporters, this is your extended ad-free version of the show. And thank you to patrons, including James Strangeway, Tony Miles, Roger Martin, Alex McQuilkin, uh, who are supporting us directly. You can join them, join them, and get access to our full-length ad-free show, our Patreon-exclusive weekly sister show, Extra Message, and a whole lot more. And support us, like a truss, uh, by going to Patreon... <laughs> <laughs> by going to patreon.com forward slash UK tech. All I could think of then was uh, Liz Truss uh, saying pork markets at the Conservative Conference. Lovely. What a delightful <laughs> anecdote. Ian and I are recording today um, because we, uh, well, we're recording early today because we are, no joke, going axe throwing later on this afternoon. So thank you to those of you who are listening to us live at this earlier hour and normally when you're not here Ian I make up a seemingly legitimate reason as to why you're absent usually to do with driving around in a Robin Reliant or yep, going to a palm reading over. yeah emu farming all sorts of things whereas this week recording early because we have to go throwing axes um, is completely true and we're going there later on that will be fun in the meantime though let's talk about some news and sky news wrote this week that two police officers who posted tiktok videos of themselves on duty and in uniform were found to have committed gross misconduct in one tiktok both officers were seen in full uniform in a police station dancing in an inappropriate way utilizing file fire marshal tabards in another sky wrote they appeared in a police vehicle shouting offensive language police constables amy taylor and april cooper of cambridge police were subject to a disciplinary hearing after a member of the public reported the series of unprofessional videos to the force in April. Now, before I dive into a few excerpts from the um, the uh, well the the, the, the the determination, I think they call it, the conclusion of this investigation, uh, I just wanted to point out that I went through a couple of different emotions when writing this uh, writing out this story today, Ian, and I'd love to get your thoughts before we go into just a few of the specifics. Um, because my first thought was that this seemed a bit ridiculous, and if anything, it showed a way of the police seeming human and maybe relatable and approachable, and that it's uh, maybe it's a little bit out of hand to say that dancing around and lip syncing to some music in a police car was inappropriate then i did a bit more reading and i saw a bunch of comments from uh, police officers some of which were on a police reddit where they get confirmed to be in the police force and a lot of them were commenting that part of the problem is that it um when they're seen to be doing that in uniform in a police car it's assumed that they're on duty and therefore paying more attention to dancing around to silly videos on the internet acting like teenagers than um, paying attention to street crime and that seemed quite a legitimate thought and i also saw a comment that um was what was the other one i read that that made a lot of sense um 
I can't remember what the other one was, but basically it sort of delegitimized um, the police force, apparently. So I can kind of see I can see two sides to this argument, definitely. But what were, what were your uh, your thoughts, Ian, before we go into some of the, the, the stuff on the report? Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, there's, there are different there are different kinds of, you know, inappropriate. And there are a couple of videos, you know, dancing and, and some swearing. Um, I mean, I I'm. One of the good things about the British police force is that it is what it is a more approachable force than I think many in other countries. Um, and I don't, you know, I'm not saying the American police force is, is is especially bad, but I would feel a lot more nervous around an American police officer than a British one. I feel like um, our officers kind of get that there is a community aspect to what they do and that you know being part of that community means that you know you can sort of you can do a lot of good by explaining to people that the police are just people and that you know sometimes they decompress and have fun when they're not busy and I I don't think anyone alive can claim to you know be at work and make the entire work day all work Uh, I mean obviously everyone has days where it is but often you know there will be some silliness that will occur um, during work, uh, although less on lockdown on account of not being in an office. Mm. Uh, so I, I, don't, I have, I think if it's appropriate behaviour, and by that I mean, you know, relatively harmless PG stuff, like a little dance or whatever, um, fine. I think if it, if it sort of breaches good taste, then I think that's a separate matter. Um, and, I, you know, I don't buy this should have been looking for street crime, etc. You know, that's just not the way things work. I don't imagine that um, this would have impacted their work too much. And everyone's entitled to a break, aren't they? You know, having going into Starbucks and getting a cup of coffee is, is, is perfectly acceptable uh, during the work day. So, you know, why not let them choose to spend that five minutes doing something else? I, I, it doesn't bother me. Um, but I can see that there are levels to it and that it's a more nuanced debate than just that. Well, there's some interesting comments in our live chat room as we're recording. Uh, Richard says, the dancing one I have no issue with, but the shouting swear words one uh, I think is unprofessional. Uh, Pangolin Sandwich, uh, Kate, says, it's not ridiculous. As nurses, we are not allowed to post stuff online in uniform if it makes us look unprofessional. We had lessons about this during our training. Uh, And Cramham says, it's the same across most industries. If we're in uniform, we represent the company. And Luke says, um, when I'm driving the company car, especially since it's government branded, I take care with my driving style. And and I have to say that one of the reasons why I flipped my opinion from my initial gut reaction on this is because I thought, what what is the equivalent for me? And the equivalent for me would be standing on the Bloomberg TV set where I'm supposed to be on it to talk about deals and the stock market and large companies and doing some sort of lip syncing breakdance about the stock market and posting that while at the office supposed to be doing work and i would not be surprised if i did that getting a stern telling off from our editor-in-chief so i suppose with that i kind of get it and that makes a lot of sense and it probably isn't shouldn't be any different for armed forces and police forces and public Mm. servants as it is for anyone else um yeah but i mean not not what you just described isn't necessarily offensive i mean i can see why your organization might choose to reprimand you um but at the same time i can also see it being something that you know generally isn't that much of a big deal i don't know i mean you work for quite a serious organization i guess um and yeah Mm. Whereas, I mean, obviously the police is extremely serious, but at the same time, it doesn't, I'm not, I don't want to spend my life pretending 
that some one group of people isn't human. Like they're, yes. they're the same kind of people as the rest of us. So therefore, they amuse themselves during the day in the same kind of way. And because we don't see it most of the time, doesn't mean it isn't happening. So therefore, by showing it, you're just you're not doing it. You're not changing anything. All you're doing is you know showing people that there's you know things that go on during the work day that are not work. I don't want to live in a world where that's not a possibility. And I, I do take your point, but you know, uh, uh, and who knows? But I I feel like. We need to remember that everyone is the same and a lot of our problems come from the fact that we don't remember that. Mm. Well, uh, let's go into this report because I found the original report, the conclusion from, uh, I think the, I mean, who was it who published this actually? This would have been the chief constable. Yeah, Chief Constable Nick Dean of the Cambridgeshire Constabulary. And um, there were four particular videos that he says he reviewed, uh, which range from dancing in uniform in a police station while on duty to being within a marked police vehicle in uniform on duty using offensive language. In addition, one video where specific mention is made to coronavirus and whilst made off duty in what appears to be residential property, bloody bloody blah, 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 person is clear in, clearly in uniform. Um, so a bunch of these things are, are problematic. So I, I'm going to read, a, I pick a couple of these out and I'm going to read them quite quickly because they are long, but I do think they are interesting. So if I just take a very deliberate inhale. <sighs> Firstly, exhibit JCH8, a video clip showing you both in a police vehicle in uniform shouting offensive language. I note you admit this amounts to misconduct relating to discreditable conduct. In my view, this breaches the standards expected relating to discreditable conduct in that your behaviour undermines public confidence specifically due to the content of the language used, which is wholly offensive and the manner in which it is shouted across the video. The clip also breaches the standards of professional conduct relating to authority, respect and courtesy in that you did not act with self-control. In addition, duties and responsibility that you were on duty at the time of this recording and set aside how long it took to make the clip, it cannot be right that you conducted yourself in this manner in which the public would not perceive that you were acting with diligence and responsibility. Blimey. Talk about a telling off. Yeah, I mean, it is It is a telling off. And I mean, I, uh, I don't know. It's, yeah. Um, yeah. It, I, I, can, I, can see, I can see both sides of it. Um, and there are a lot of rules and it's easy to get into trouble. And we also don't know what else has gone on. You know, there might be, there might be other issues with these particular people that we have no idea about. And this might have been, you know, a, a nail in the coffin or a final nail or something like that. You know, it's it's always difficult to tell what someone's relationship is to the job they do and, yeah. you know, what yeah. might have occurred before it. It's, you know, lots of out of context stuff goes on. Uh, I'm going to read one more of the. I'm not going to do all four. I'm just going to read the second one because it's, uh, again, I think... Uh, a good summary of the, the feeling within this several page document. Secondly, exhibit JCH10. This shows a conversation, again, whilst in uniform, in which offensive language is used. PC Cooper, you admit this amounts to misconduct through a breach of standards, specifically discreditable conduct. This clip brings it, the service into disrepute. The language used is unacceptable and you are clearly in uniform. I do not agree that this breaches duties and responsibility. My rationale for this is that this behaviour was off-duty in a private dwelling. I do find that it breaches authority, respect and courtesy. Your behaviour cannot be seen to demonstrate that you treat the public, whom you are referring to in the clip with any respect or courtesy now um i've tried to find some of these videos on youtube and it seems that they've been pretty well scrubbed off the internet um oh. but both of these police officers were allowed to keep their jobs so this is uh not kind of a career ending move for them but perhaps serves as a good example of maybe what not to do if you're wearing uh, a police uniform and should be arresting i don't know 
vagrants or whatever you're deciding to arrest on a given day. Maybe Ian. Go and arrest Ian. I'm sure he's done something wrong today. Uh, maybe went a bit quick on the road. Don't know. Yeah. Wasn't, yeah. Yeah. I mean, probably, probably arrest most people in the country if you tried hard enough. Mm. Well, um, have you been arrested today? Uh, if so, and you have access to the internet from prison, do let us know any thoughts you have on this story about TikTok, ideally sensible ones. Um, and you can do that by sending us a message to UK Tech Show at iCloud.com. Press Gazette wrote this week that the publisher of The Guardian has taken legal action to shut down a parody headline generator, which it claims has infringed its copyright by using photographs of its journalists and contributors. The Gazette said imitation headlines parodying The Guardian's online opinion pieces with real author byline pictures were shared on social media in December alongside the hashtag hash roll, uh, trolling the Guardian, which trended on Twitter. Users of the website were able to write their own headlines in the Guardian's style and select the byline of a number of Guardian and Observer journalists, complete with real byline pictures. Uh, this website is now offline, but I did manage to dig up a, a copy of it on the Internet Archive, which actually still works because it's all done with I assume some Ajaxy JavaScript stuff. Um, and and indeed, you can make what is said to be possible to be made, which is pretty realistic looking, uh, you know, mastheady type head headlines with Greta Thunberg and Carol Cadrilla and David Mitchell and Will Self and Rory Stewart and a whole bunch of other people that, that periodically either write for The Guardian or have written for The Guardian. So... Ian, um, I heard you take a sharp intake of breath earlier, and I was hoping you were going to interrupt me so I can use one of my favourite quotes from South Park, which is, please, can I finish? But you did let me, but you did let me finish, I did so I couldn't. Finish. Well, I've learned my lesson. Um, this is this is ludicrous. What a, what a lack of humour from The Guardian, honestly. I mean, nuts, really. But for a start, it's extremely easy to um, use a small piece of JavaScript uh, to rewrite anything you want on the internet. So you, but, but I've got one, actually, because I used to use it for um, seeing how headlines fitted into pages. Uh, and you can, you know, just a very simple piece of JavaScript allows you to type onto the page using the format. So you can't stop this. Um, and I can see, uh, you know, from the example from the Press Gazette, there's some stuff that's being attributed to people that they didn't say. Um, and I, but I mean, there's there's nothing we can do about that, like fake tweets, all that kind of stuff. It's a it's a plague, um, and but we I think people just need to understand that they can't f just assume that things they read are true, uh, and this is a, a complete change from the old world, I guess. Um, so I I think it's uh, it, it smacks a bit of a lack of sense of humour um, and copyright. I mean, I don't think it's. I don't know. I mean, you, you could get them on copyright, but well, it, it don't, that's the claim, right? That's what the Guardian yeah. said. They said, you know, claims it's infringed its copyright, which actually, um, I mean, we don't have parody laws in the UK. The Americans do. Uh, so if this was an American product, they wouldn't have been able to do anything about it because American law uh, protects parody. So um, perhaps they should just set it up on an American server, or I'll do it. Because honestly, it just seems to me to be such a such a harmless thing that's easily replaceable with something else anyway. Uh, yeah. 
I, mean, I think we may have just figured out the way that you'll get arrested today, Ian. <laughs> I don't think you could arrest someone for this, honestly. It, it, it is at best copyright infringement. Now, uh, there is. I, I like it when this happens because there is a part of me that disagrees with you. And sometimes I pretend to disagree with you for the sake of an argument. Whereas on this occasion, I actually semi-actually do disagree with you. Here's why. Well, in fact, no, here's the stuff I agree with completely. There is a problem with fake news and disinformation and misinformation and trust in journalism and its need to be protected given the damage that it can cause very quickly and without control. On that side of things, I completely 100% agree. And I think this can be very, very funny if done very well. There is a part of me, though, that thinks, well, I'm a journalist and... I theoretically, in fact, so could you really, and a lot of people could, have their picture put next to something with a extremely controversial or racist or hateful statement and have it shared widely enough for it to be potentially damaging to me. And I and if I if I logged on one morning and saw that I was trending on Twitter with one of these one of these pictures, many things that may have happened that, that could happen with that maybe i could dismiss as a joke but if it was actually causing me problems i can kind of get behind the idea that something like this maybe needs to not be around at the moment mm, yeah Honest, but... honestly we've because we've seen examples of where this you know can influence the way people think i i i do i do take what you mean um but i also think that that you can't you can't prevent that by taking down a tool. You you know that the process here is that that the tool is how something happens, but it's not it's not the reason something happens, and it's not the thing that you need to stop from existing because you can't stop people from doing this. So I don't know what the solution is. I'm not pretending I do. I think it requires a bit of thoughtfulness from. Um, I mean, let's say I adjusted one of your Bloomberg headlines, and you know, and then posted a screenshot online. If if someone at Bloomberg, you know, one of your managers saw that, obviously they would immediately know that it wasn't the case. And then, you know, I think perhaps if if necessary, they might get their, you know, corporate account to say this is not a real headline, blah, blah, blah. I mean, obviously, this is all a, a load of hassle that no one really needs. But at the same time, do you want to live in a world where people are stopped from sort of messing around and doing things like this? It's It feels very restrictive in a way that I'm not entirely comfortable with. I mean, people should have the right to do things like this i mean it, you could make a case that some of it might be libelous um you know for example a, a libel would be something that would um cause you professional harm and i'll might... just i'll just throw in there you definitely could get them on libel for you could like this. so therefore the perhaps the approach for this is for you know for people to be explained that actually there is a there is an issue with libel here and and then you go to twitter and you get the details of the person who posted it and you send them a little warning just going look this is libelous. Um, don't do it again because you're opening yourself up to a, you know potential problems. Um, and then I think people would learn. And I and I think the more that we communicate this and say you can't just say things like this about people without there being implications. I remember there was a long, a while ago there was um what uh, someone who was either a lord or something like that had uh, people were sharing a, a post about him that was unsubstantiated. So it had come from a newspaper originally, I think, um, but turned out to be incorrect. And he sued, he literally sued everyone who shared it on Twitter. Um, and it was a big, big thing. And I can't remember, it, and I'm probably better not to mention the name anyway. Um, mm. But this does blow up in people's faces and people do need to be aware of that. And I think perhaps Twitter and Facebook and other places need to 
need to be helping their users to understand that sharing these things is a big no-no if, if they're seriously libelous. I mean, no one's... For example, in the Press, Press Gazette one, the one about David Lammy, um, it is, is quite... Is, is a problematic one for me because it reinforces a, a particular view about David Lammy that he's anti-white people. And mm. um, this is something that I see him getting a lot of abuse for on Twitter. And I wonder how much of that is fed into from people doing things like this. At the same time, he seems to deal with it. He's got broad shoulders. He seems to be able to brush it off. I'm sure it has an impact on him. But that, you know, that, there are issues with this, but these are issues with people and they could be explained to those people. So, you know, you see what I mean? I don't want to legislate against things like this um, or make it impossible because I think it's perfectly acceptable for people to do parody. Uh, mm-hmm. At the same time, I too, do totally get what you're saying. And I also think people need to understand that there are, you know, potentially libelous statements being made. So maybe maybe the if we were to form an agreement on something, that the, the legal action here is maybe heavy-handed, but the rationale for maybe doing something about it... Um, is is legitimate yes i think so i think i think that there are real concerns with it um i just don't think that shutting down a a perfectly harmless parody that's just people are just having fun with is really the way to do it it also ignores the problem It, it it doesn't educate anyone right so if you if you want to stop this kind of thing education is the only way to do it Luke uh, makes a nice, succinct point in the chat room jokes and satire are cool scams and derogatory speech is not it's a hard balance and I think that is a very good summary of the issue. Um, do you have a very succinct summary? Uh, would you like to try and one-up Luke? Um, have a go. UK Tech Show at iCloud.com. Let us know your opinion on parody and where you draw the line on an issue like this. Ian, let's talk about legs. No, wait, not legs, sorry. Arms. Lol. Just one. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, wait. tell you what, do me a favour, mate. <clears throat> Can you read out the first paragraph of this story, please? Uh, I don't see I just, why not. <laughs> I just want to test uh, I just want to test something. You are a, a, a reprehensible human. Go on. NVIDIA. <laughs> <laughs> Nvidia TV. announced this week that it will acquire Britain's uh, Britain's arm from Japanese Japan's SoftBank. Sorry, I need, I need to redo it if you want me to actually read it out. No, it's fine. I just wanted to see if you'd say Nvidia again. Well, I did I only haven't. to please you. Yes, thank you. Uh, but uh, but he's, but Ian is right. Nvidia did announce this week that it will acquire Britain's arm from SoftBank in a transaction valued at forty billion dollars. It said it would quote bring together Nvidia's leading AI computing platform with ARM's vast ecosystem to create the premier computing company. We're still going off the press release here uh, for the age of artificial intelligence, accelerating innovation while expanding into large high growth markets. Now. NVIDIA's promised to keep the business based in the UK and to hire more staff and to retain ARM's brand and that it would, um, you know, actually all of that, in fact, came from the BBC story because I got another bit from a Guardian write-up which says, not everyone's happy. Opposition to the sale of the UK's largest tech firm. And let's not forget, Ian, that it is our largest tech firm. It is. 
you know, uh, the, the opposition is mounting. The trade union Unite said that staff were concerned about their future and they'd been fobbed off. Uh, again, this is according to The Guardian. Uh, the company's local MP urged the government to act. And the, the government's actually so far declined to say whether it's going to uh, deploy its powers to block the deal or attach conditions, both of which it could technically do, uh, despite the pressure from Labour and the, the trade unions. And also, worth noting, arms fairly outspoken, let's say, co-founder Herman Hauser. The Guardian wrote that Hauser's concern in particular that NVIDIA would, quote, dismantle ARM's model of freely licensing its technology, which, let's not forget, is used in the majority of smartphones worldwide, to offer uh, to other companies and instead keep the next generation of the chips that it develops to itself to get ahead of competitors. Uh, and we'll have links to all of those stories in the... Um, uh, in the show notes at uktechshow.com. Now, um, I debated whether or not to talk about this story because it's not ostensibly a, uh, a consumery story, uh, but it is an extremely UK-centric story because it concerns our biggest company. Um, and I was also covering it this week at Bloomberg. So uh, I was actually on the phone with um, the CEOs of NVIDIA and ARM earlier this week. That's Jensen Huang and Simon Seagars, respectively. Were, were, were you able to secure me a 3080? for free <laughs> good luck chief no <laughs> uh but i still use a 970 um mm. gtx in my uh, in my gaming pc so i'd keep it for myself had i have done um but I, there were a few comments that were made um where i i did get the impression that they were they were they were honest in their intention to to keep things as they as they were um this uh cigars who is the ceo of arm said Quote, the intent to, is to continue to operate with a level of independence that means we can still serve the entire world semiconductor industry with our licensing model and we don't see that changing. And Jensen, the NVIDIA CEO, says the virtues of independence ultimately result in openness and fairness and we have absolutely every intention of doing that because preserving this business model is the best way to continue to expand the reach and success of ARM that we have paid handsomely for. <laughs> There's so many puns in there. there extend are many, the reach... Uh, pay <laughs> handsomely. The man's a comedy genius. I hadn't even noticed that. That's brilliant. He's he's trolling the entire press. Yeah, that's that's that, that's pretty good. Well, Jensen um, had another a few other statements that I thought were worth referencing. Uh, following the completion of the transaction, we want to grow Arm and help it become even greater. We wanted to buy Arm because it's an incredible company and employs some of the world's greatest engineering minds. And we want to make uh, we want more great engineers, not fewer. We want more R and D, not less. And we want that work to be done in the UK, in Cambridge, where Arm's great work began and where it continues. He also said Arm's intellectual property, which is created over the years by thousands of talent talented engineers, will remain registered in the UK and Arm will remain based in the UK. So this is all on record uh, right at the time that this deal was announced. That's going to be pretty damn hard to argue with um, if something down the line changes. And I think he's he, he is smart to say this because if any of that changed down the line, there would be a lot of people having a very big problem with the company huge problem um so with all that in mind i can't see this being a massive issue unless somebody makes it out to be one um Do you? no i don't but um right i don't i don't want to see arm uh leaving the uk any more than anyone else i, I mean obviously i feel an immense sense of pride that british engineers were able to um 
you know, create a company that has provided to be is is probably one of the most revolutionary companies in the history of microchips. You know, it, it it is the reason that we have the technology that we have today. In a lot of cases, it is an incredible achievement. Um, and um, but at the same time, what did we do to stop it from leaving the country? Like, you know, if if we felt so strongly about it, then we should have done something about it. Like, I, I mean, big obviously, big money speaks but this is capitalism that's that's the way the system works i don't see why anyone who buys into that methodology would have anything else to say about it once you sell something you don't get to keep it that's not the way selling things works it's like you know i'm gonna i've got a graphics card here i need to sell i'll sell that but i'm gonna make sure that i can still get it back whenever i need to use it for something you know i mean come on this is ludicrous well i mean you're right but the government can block something like this and has in the past well, we've, seen many, we've seen many deals in chips in the in the semiconductor industry be blocked a lot of them to be fair by by trump uh, in recent memory but but it does happen and it would have been theresa may i suppose she was in in power back when this deal was initially announced and they sold to softbank uh, who would have stopped that and and didn't but but arm um, did stay in the uk and and I don't see a reason why NVIDIA would want to move this sort of thing well, outside no. I mean, of the UK either. I mean, realistically, they're not going to want to, are they? Because ARM is performing brilliantly. It's good at what it does. It continues to push the envelope of what's possible. Um, so moving it is pointless. Um, there's, no, there's no real reason to do so. It's not going to be cheaper to do what it does anywhere else, probably. Um, you need to retain that talent. Otherwise, the company is essentially worthless. So no one is going to take a $40 billion investment and chuck it away, are they? Um, you know, I, I think I'm perhaps surprised that Nvidia went for this particular, uh, you know, this this deal. I'm I'm I suppose I'm not surprised because again, it's a big part of what Nvidia does. Um, but at the same time, I you know I would have been less surprised if Apple had gone for it. But then I suspect that would never have got through. Um, and uh, there are questions to be asked. You know, like, like you said, you know, is is there a guarantee that companies will be able to continue to license this technology? Um, Nvidia has a history of well, ha- how to put it? To- there, there are there are issues, particularly between Nvidia and Apple, and Apple being a very, very major company that deals with ARM on a daily basis might be worried. And I, can I mean, see Apple, that. But, right? So, so a couple of things on this. I mean, Apple hasn't used Nvidia in its computers no, for quite a few not. years now. Um, but also, you you raise a point that I wanted to touch on around. Apple's move to ARM yeah. technology in future uh, computers. Our, Apple would be a far more problematic um, company Owner. to own something like ARM, as would somebody potentially even like uh, Qualcomm or Samsung or indeed any company that that makes certain types of products that where, where you could actually see, well, you know, they could keep this quite nicely for themselves. Whereas NVIDIA, that's not really its model. It, it, its business is is selling chips and technology to other companies who make products using using yes, them. Yes, but there must be some strategic move afoot here. You know, NVIDIA um, didn't used to build graphics cards, did it? It used to do reference designs that were then farmed out to third parties. And we did have a request to talk about the, the new 330 series GPUs, which we wouldn't do because it's not really our thing. Um, but it is important to point out that now, NVIDIA is building Founders Editions versions of those graphics cards and selling them at the same price as the third parties are. Now, that was something that third parties were very worried about not very long ago. They were saying, well, you know, if NVIDIA is in the building graphics cards 
market now, then what happens to our market share? You know, they're essentially, they have the potential to kill off, you know, an entire part of the business. Because if they just make their own GPUs, then, you know, what what is there left for anyone else to do? So I don't know. I, I, I take issue with that because, I mean, look at, look at what happened with Microsoft. You know, Microsoft started making Surface tablets and people still make Windows laptops. People still make Windows tablets. Like, just because the company that makes the software in this instance yeah. is, is making a competing product. I, I would say that is very different because Microsoft is and always has been a software company. Um, it, do, it It's never going to make big money out of hardware. For a start, it, it doesn't produce hardware that people en masse want to own. Apple, uh, on the sorry, other hand... Xbox? Well, yeah, okay. But, I mean, that is that is still... A, that's not. We're not talking about the kind of volumes that we're talking about with PCs, are we? You know, um, and the software. You know, Windows is installed on a very, very large percentage of the computers worldwide. And if not Windows, something from Microsoft, you know, be it Office mm. or other things. I take your point. They do make hardware. And I'm not saying that they're not good at it because they do do a lot of good stuff. And the Surface hardware is great. Um, you know, there's. It, it, I'm not saying that they can't or shouldn't or don't, but I am saying it's not their, it's not their main business. And, and Apple, on the other hand, does software, but it's not, the main bit of their business although you might argue they are they are pivoting slightly in terms of mm. you know software being uh, services yeah. so, software services particularly and and the importance of you know ios and, and we're seeing this at the moment with you know the the epic battle uh you know that software is a fundamental way of controlling a market uh, so apple's changing microsoft might be changing a little bit i think microsoft's changing less but at the same time it's getting better at what it does um, so, I, you know, I, I, it, all these things are, I guess they're, it's, it's something to be very mindful of and be concerned with. Uh, I don't necessarily think it's in anyone's best interest for NVIDIA to stop the way that ARM operates in any way, shape or form. And ultimately, as I said, it's a capitalist system. The money talks. So as long as it's profitable for NVIDIA to continue to run ARM as it has been run, which I suspect it is, I don't know the I don't know the numbers, you might know more, but I suspect ARM makes more money than NVIDIA does on the whole. So, you know, there's massive potential here for this company to become a, a giant, but not change anything. So I think it'll be okay. Um, but again, I will say, why did we allow it to be sold in the first place if we're going to then come along and raise all these concerns? Just don't think that's a particularly reasonable expectation. At the risk of this going on and on, and I have to say, I think I agree with everything that you've just said, except for the bits that I pointed out are, <laughs> are wrong. Uh, but I think we can, we can conclude that uh, of NVIDIA owning this company, there's really no arm in it. Now, uh, if you have a pun you'd like to share on uh, this deal, do let us know, uktechshow at iCloud.com. But uh, also, if you have a view on the company and uh, and everything that we've talked about more sensibly, that is, of course, welcome, uh, uktechshow at iCloud.com. You're used to hearing the smooth, velvet sound of Nate's voice drizzled over your ears like a warm eardrum syrup. Topped off with the freshly squeezed citrus tang of an Ian Morris opinion. Supporters of the show at patreon.com forward slash UK tech enjoy second helpings every week. So pull up a chair, find your nearest spoon, and tuck into a sumptuous extra helping with no commitment. If you have any allergies, please inform a waiter. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
we had some emails into the uh, into the inbox this week. I wanted to go through a couple. We had one that came from Raphael uh, who commented on our conversation around backups and hard drive backups uh, last week. He said, personally, I use the one, two, three rule for backups. I have a NAS that holds all of my data. That's around five terabytes. I then copy all of that to a separate eight terabyte drive and also send to a cloud service in a country um, or in country as I don't like to send my data abroad. Hope that helps, Raphael. It does. And it does It does help. That's a very smart way of doing data backups. Um, we also had one from Sean, which I replied to Sean at the time and said, this is my favorite email ever. Um, he said, at the end of the drone de- delivery discussion, did I hear that your brother uses wet wipes on his butt? Does he share the love of shoehorns that you do? It seems odd to use a shoehorn and wet wipes, but not to have a B-day or washlet. Now, what I love about this is that somebody paid so much attention to one of my throwaway remarks about my brother's bathroom habits that not only did they write in, but actually write in with an incredibly sensible observation. Uh, And just to confirm this, my brother has three bathrooms, well, three toilets in his house, none of which, to my knowledge, have a B-Day. Oh, dear. He also doesn't own a shoehorn, but I think that's because he's not quite old enough yet. We had this conversation. He's only 32. I, d- I don't think there's an age limit on owning a shoehorn, mate. I'm sure well, you, you got me your that first shoehorn at... Well, how old I was thirty. I was 33. Yeah, there you go, you oh, see. Was I 30- no, I was 32 when I, when I started horning. Yeah, there you go, you see. So your brother's the same age as you were when you commenced the horning. Yeah, that's true. So... Um, Oh, no, wait, hang on. I've just done the wrong emoji in our <laughs> live chat. There we go. Um, that's true. Well, Big Horn uh, hasn't infiltrated Andy's shopping habits yet, but I'm sure uh, it's sure it will. And I'm sure he'll be very grateful that for two weeks in a row, I've talked about his toilet habits. Um, if you have an observation on this, obviously send it in to hello. No, hang on. What's our current email address? Oh, you, I, UK... you've got me. I have no idea. It's UK Tech Show. And I never need I... to email it. So. UK Tech Show at iCloud.com. Now, let's tune in to Mr. Tom Merritt, who is, as ever, keeping us informed with a wider world of tech news this week. Let's see what's been in Tom's world this week. This week on Daily Tech News Show, we talked about the new Apple iPads, watches, and subscriptions with the folks from Snob OS Cast, covered the Sony PS5 price reveal and how it compares favorably to the Xbox, talked about the significant shortage on day one of NVIDIA RTX 3080 cards and how there's possibly hope for the future, and followed the soap opera of TikTok and its deal that would see Oracle running some of it, but China's ByteDance still in charge. All that and much more at DailyTechNewsShow.com. And... That is one of the reasons why we don't try and talk about global tech news on our show on a Sunday, because Tom does such a very good job at covering it all through the week. So that's where to go if you want to listen to something about the uh, the 3080 shortages and, and more detail about Apple and TikTok and so forth. And thank you to Tom. Ian, um, that's it for now. We are going axe throwing together in about four hours, three yes. three hours or so, uh, which I'm looking forward to. So I will I will literally see you uh, just a little bit later. You sure will. Um, and for anyone who is deeply hungry for any more comments uh, from well from me, we have an extra message out for patrons at patreon.com forward slash UK Tech, where I break down all the confusing. Uh, product lineup decisions that apple has made with its ipad that is out now and getting very good feedback so thank you to everyone who listens to that we will see you in another week stay safe everybody and stay juicy (laughs) 
don't know what that means. No, me neither, but it was entertaining. Thank you. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlingbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.